Welcome to episode seven of the Gentleman Podcast, where I'm a realist and someone you can relate to. Today will be part two of the Malcolm X, um, basically Malcolm X part two that I started part one like a couple weeks ago. Sorry this episode coming to you late. Um, I ordered this hoodie. I wanted to, to have this hoodie on. I kind of ordered it late. So kind of held me back. Like I said, it's my fault. But uh, shout out to Creative Clothing. For this hoodie, Black History, you know what I'm saying? But getting to it, um, I watched the documentary of Who Killed Malcolm X. And by the last three episodes, I was pissed off. And I ain't gonna lie. I shed some tears. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Gentlemen cried, you know. But before I get into what, what made me upset, Let's let's talk a little bit more about Malcolm X and what made him a very dangerous man and why the government entities thought it was necessary to kind of facilitate him and play the shadow hand to getting him killed. But if you watch or read anime, right? If you watch or read the anime One Piece, Malcolm X is, is somewhat similar. Obviously, this is make-believe. But he's somewhat similar to Monkey D. Dragon, world's most dangerous man. That's basically for us what Malcolm X was. And because after he went to Mecca, he went to Africa. He met with African leaders. He met with the Ghana leader. He met with the Egypt leader. And he met, met with the Algeria, I hope I'm saying that, the Algeria leader, whom all three of them offered him to serve in their government. They're offering him a place to serve in their government. He also spoke in Paris. He spoke in London. Well, actually, he debated. He debated in London, which drew so much interest that it was nationally televised by the BBC. Malcolm X was planning to take the United States before the UN for sanctions. Malcolm X, while doing this, was hurting the United States because you got to understand at that time, what was going on was the Cold War. So America was trying to get one up on Russia. So if you're preaching that we want to have democracy and all those other type of things, hey, we're trying to help other other countries institute the same government that we have in place. And then all of a sudden, here comes this man named Malcolm X and he kind of pulls the curtain out. It's like, yeah, this is what, what they're saying up front, but this is what goes on behind closed doors, which also... I found out that um, the body, the bodyguard of Malcolm X's sister after Malcolm X passed away, I forget the guy's name, but he said that when Malcolm X said the the chicken coming, the chickens coming home to roost never made me sad. What he meant was because he people thought it was like violence and stuff like that. What he meant was those same assassins that John F. Kennedy was sending out to kill, you know other countries' leaders and stuff like that has now come home to kill you. And basically, we know that that was an inside job. But because Malcolm X was doing these things, because he wanted to take uh, the United States before the UN on sanctions, and it was hurting our democracy, it was hurting us in the Cold War, J. Edgar Hoover comes out and like, yeah, something needs to be done about Malcolm X, which leaves us to the documentary, right? And what it showed me was one, 
like us when you get to those last episodes, I think it's six because six is the legacies, five is um the shotgun man. But anyways, moving forward, those last three made me mad because it's like all right, it showed me after all these years, throughout throughout the whole documentary, it showed me throughout these years that people still hate Malcolm and people still have their the, these delusions. And they're still kind of caught up for the ones uh, like the big kind of chubby black guy that was kind of, you know, speaking venom towards Malcolm X. You could tell he still held Elijah Muhammad in the, in the highlight, which deservedly so he did do a lot for black people. But Malcolm was doing more. He was doing what needed to be done, not just we got you if you join our religion type thing. Um. But it's crazy that the FBI didn't want the NYPD. So if you, I don't know which one it is. Can't remember off the top of my head. But it gets to the point where, all right, after Thomas Hagen or Tomich Hayer, Tomich Talmich X Hayer, that's that was his Muslim name. His real name, well, not his real name. His birth name was Thomas Hagen. All right. After he names who the other assailants were. With him, you know, the the other ones, I guess you got to say alleged, but he wrote down who committed the other four guys that committed the crime with him and that the two that went to jail with him were innocent, which one of the guys is actually in the documentary. But it's crazy that the FBI didn't want the NYPD to know specifically about William Bradley, a.k.a. Mustafa Al-Shabazz, which the crazy thing is. All right, he changed his name after the events happened, right? Why would you pick Shabazz when you know Malcolm X changed his to Shabazz? I feel like somewhat that's kind of like an indirect kind of like, eh, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a subliminal to me, honestly, because you wouldn't think that somebody who has the same, not necessarily the same because it all comes from uh, people in Islam, uh, how can I put it? Major, it comes from people in the um, Islam, basically in the Quran. So they take names from them. They take basically black names. But out of all the names, you pick Shabazz. You couldn't have picked any of the other names. So I feel like that's kind of like a dig. Could be, it's a it's an alleged, alleged dig by me, basically. To me, that just... That's kind of like throwing salt in the wound. Like, not only am I finna change my name so people won't know who I am because dude might end up naming me, I'm going to change it to the guy that I allegedly, I guess you got to say allegedly, helped kill with the shotgun. The shotgun man, basically. And it's also like you find out, and I, you didn't really need the documentary, documentary to know this. This has been public knowledge. But I didn't really know about it that Malcolm X's bodyguard was working undercover with the NYPD, NYPD, and that even, like, in the documentary, the dude, his superior, was mad. He was like, no, nah, we don't do that. We don't help thugs. Like, come on, bro, it's been years now. But he says that because he gave him CPR, right? Now, I seen this thing, and I seen it, like, in the comment section of, of YouTube, which made me kind of, like, Google it. And they said that giving somebody CPR with a shotgun wound to the chest basically helps them die faster because you're re-oxygenating uh, their blood, which is making it start back to 
you know, go go to normal speed or speed up. So it, it helps them bleed out quicker. So they said, technically, that's not what you're supposed to do. If he was really a licensed, you know, um, officer, he wouldn't, well, a trained officer, he would know not to do that. But other, some people, they was like, yeah, you give them CPR. So I don't, I don't really know about that one for sure. But in my opinion, it's crazy how corrupt. And this is what made me mad, how corrupt that Newark, Newark community is. How y'all know? Like, okay, let's, so let's get to the three people. So the mayor, the current mayor, I don't know if he's still mayor, but when they recorded this documentary, he was mayor. Um, Ross, Ross Baraka, I'm going to say this, it's spelled R-A-S. B-A-R-A-K-A is his last name. His first name is R-A-S. Last name is B-A-R-A-K-A. And he goes on to be like, yeah. Uh, they, when they asked him about Mustafa Al-Shabazz, he's like, oh yeah, shotgun dude. You know what I'm saying? And goes on to say that there's no evidence of it. And to me, that's basically like saying, yeah, you... Yeah, he did it, but you can't prove it. So whatever, you know what I'm saying? And then he goes on to say that he don't like to deal with gossip. But the known assassin, Thomas Hagen, is the one who basically said that dude was a part of killing Malcolm X, allegedly. But even though he named him. So, I mean, if the real assassin says, hey, yeah, you one of the real people, I mean, you shouldn't have to say allegedly. At this point, why would he lie? He ain't getting out. What really got me and what really made me mad was the fact that Cory Booker, bitch ass, tried to sit up there and lie to him out. You're, you're breaking news to me. I, I didn't know that. But then you're going to say you know him well. So, bro, which one is it? You know him well or you don't know him well? Because if you knew him well, then you would know that he was one of the alleged killers. You would know that about him. How you know somebody well, but don't know their background? Clearly, you don't know them well. Then also, how you don't know, but the current mayor knows. You're the former mayor, but the current mayor knows that he's the shotgun dude, but you don't know. So that, that, that really made me mad and lying, some of them a bitch. Because you know, politicians, they can't hang out with certain people, right? You got to do your background. You can't associate yourself with this person because it's, it's, it's all a political game. It's, you know, you got to be seen with the right people. And if you do got some dirt in your background, you kind of, you know, meet with them secretly, like in, in alleys and shit. When it's pitch dark with tinted windows and shit, you know, you meet them like that. So he knows. And that's the, the problem with him. And then this dude trying to run for prayer, blah, run for president. Talking about he got our best interests at heart, man. I'm glad he dropped out the race because... Man, fuck a line, motherfucker, bro. And that that right there is what makes me think. People be like, go out and vote, right? But just imagine the other communities that got some type of dirt like this in there. They're all telling him, you know, the um the one dude that's an activist, uh, Zayed Muhammad, talking about, you know, leave him alone, leave him alone. You know, if it's been out here in the open like that, he probably protected by the state. So that should make you like, bro, that should, if you're an activist, right? You call yourself a so-called activist. If this guy's protected by the state, that should make you think in my mind like, damn, 
they were really out to get Malcolm. Why were they really out to get Malcolm? Because if you were activists, how you were activists and you letting stuff like that slide? Like, oh man, he just protected by the state. So I guess as an activist, when you get to the point where the FBI, the, the state, um, the city police be like, nah, you do anymore, we gonna kill you. I guess that's probably where people like you stop. If you're talking about he protected by the state, the state, the state, that's my thing. We so quick to kill people over an argument, but somebody who actually hurt our community, we don't go knock them out because, oh man, I'm really gonna do time if I if I take them out. Or you're going to do time regardless. So either you can do it for a bullshit cause or you can do it for a noble cause. Which one is it going to be? Like this, bro, this whole thing got me pissed off. How y'all whole community know? All y'all knew. All of them knew, bro. They all fucking knew who this dude was, what he had did, and they just, they just shrugging about it. You know what I'm saying? But but you care about your, your Muslims. You, you say you're an activist. The dude even married um, the wife of William Bradley or Mustafa Al-Shabazz is a, a so-called activist herself. So to me, that, that just throws me off. How are you going to be an activist, but you know somebody who killed the great dude? Not only that, they was like, leave him alone, right? Well, had y'all left Malcolm alone, you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't be, this is how I look at it. If y'all would have left Malcolm alone, you wouldn't be watching your grandkids and your great-grandkids or your kids, your kids, your your grandkids, your great grandkids suffer the same bullshit that was going on back then. Now, just in a more co covert way, the same things is going on, the same things. And then they be talking about the streets talk. And it's just. If everybody knew in the streets talk, why wasn't something done? You know what I'm saying? If the streets talk, why y'all didn't stop it? You know, that's that's how, you know. It's a bigger conspiracy here than just the nation of Islam. You know what I'm saying? There's more that hasn't been uncovered that's out there. This thing runs deeper than what that documentary showed. And that's just what makes me mad because Malcolm X was a great man. He was really about to help us as black people. And then, like I said, for the nervous, some of them black people to sit up there and say what they said is, bruh, generations is still suffering. Y'all talking about he made the pilgrimage and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Who, you know, if Allah forgives him. Okay, we're not talking about Allah right now. We're talking about the ramifications of what this one person did. And then the guy dies and the lieutenant governor goes there. And she says she knew him well. And she knew about, you know, him possibly being an assassin. But, you know, he got a hero send off because look at what he did for the community. Fuck what he did for the community. He killed the man that was finna do things for thousands, millions, not thousands, millions of black people. This guy might have touched hundreds, but Malcolm was finna touch millions. He would have got us further along than where we are right now. We really haven't went anywhere. And not only have we not went anywhere, we have a crab in a bucket mentality. We got to, hey, bro, got to stop your shine because I need to shine. We got to, yeah, I can't tell you everything because the game is to be so not told. So when you watch this documentary and you think about how everything is going on in the world right now and the police killings and among other things, because it's a bunch of issues, even the self-hate, the, the, the bleaching of the skin, it makes you think 
what if people like Malcolm X, excuse me, wasn't killed? Will we still be having these problems today? People don't get killed for no reason. They get killed because they're a threat. And if you call yourself a woke person and you talking about voting, to me, I don't believe in this whole woke thing, but that to me just doesn't go together. Because if these mayors and the lieutenant governor knew about this guy, what other people are they hiding that have made real activists disappear? Who've covered up all type of things? Why would you believe in these people? Because you have to have dirt to get in this game. You have to do dirt. You have to hide dirt. You know what I'm saying? They not finna let you be no mayor or nothing like that. If you don't, if you ain't dirty, if your hands ain't dirty, because you got to be funded. And sometimes the people that you funded by ain't nothing. So you got to do dirt. So that's my whole point. Things haven't changed. The way they're being done has changed. And that's all I wanted to say, man. Malcolm X part two. Shout out to Malcolm X. Don't forget May 19th is actually Malcolm X day. That was when he was born. So, you know, I'm going to turn up for that one. Going to see more information. I might actually do May 19th, an episode about Malcolm X's sister and how she's actually the one who funded him going to Africa and stuff. Because, I mean, you see it. Malcolm, after he parted from Nation of Islam, didn't have nothing. Even the house he was staying in wasn't his. He had to go to court behind that. So, I might do his sister Ella for May 19th, or I might do it sooner than that because she's a very important figure. She helped shape Malcolm X. That was his older sister. But this has been episode seven of season two of the Gentsman Podcast. I'm your host, Ray, where I'm a realist and someone you can relate to, and I'm out. Stay up, spread love.